Small, we f***ing look after you all. Well, how about you put a big f***ing cell phone tower up? <laughs> <laughs> Get into geek. Here we are. We're talking Deadpool 2 motherfuckers. We can say that because this is Deadpool. <laughs> We're getting to geek. We're talking Deadpool 2. My name is Mitch. Hi, Pitch Matty over there. Yo. Now, as you would have heard uh, before the little musical interlude there for a second, we were going to be joined by uh, one of our brethren here at Get Into Geek, my brother Lincoln. Unfortunately, he is on the road. He's on his way to a film shoot, actually. He's uh, en route to uh, regional Queensland, and uh, we're here in uh, Brisbane City, the River City, Matthew. Oh, yeah, the brow. The only only city with a river. (laughs) Don't, don't. I know how you you feel about that. So, um... So, uh, yeah, he won't be joining us except for uh, our little pre-credits bit there, but uh, we will try and pass on his thoughts nonetheless. Now, oh, look, he's what... just dead weight. He's really just dead weight. <laughs> We're going to try and uh, have this all in one review. Now, usually if you are listening to our uh, podcast when we talk about movies, we do a non-spoilers review and then a separate full spoilers chat and discussion on the film. We don't have that kind of time today. We've got a busy night, and we'll tell you at the end of our podcast why. But I feel like with Deadpool, we're just going to give you a general gist at the start of this podcast, and we'll give you a clear indication that we're going to talk some spoilers, and you can tune out, press pause, uh, until you go and see the film and come back after and uh, see if you uh, agree with what we said when we go into a little bit of detail. So this is full non-spoilers. We'll try and do it. Not that this does run the risk of spoiling a film much like Avengers Infinity War, where you literally couldn't talk about that movie without going into spoilerish details. But, uh, Maddie, yeah. you've just put a uh, little Deadpool mini-mate in front of me. Yeah. So I will let you go first. Your non-spoiler thoughts and review on Deadpool 2. I really enjoyed it. I can't say whether it's better or worse than the first one, because I think the first one we all sort of went in just not knowing what it was going to be. There were no expectations. Mm. We were like, this could be really good, but it could be an absolute nightmare. So number one was just this amazing, just gift of just a, such a great movie. Whereas obviously this one has the, the first one sort of already there. It's looser. Yeah. I think it definitely pushes the envelope. <laughs> uh, and, you know, uh, in terms of the risks they're willing to take and yeah. And just how, loose they're willing to get the plot was definitely more complicated i feel like the further the first deadpool was just a very simple story but told interestingly with the sort of flashes back and forth and that mm, sort of mm. stuff but god damn it it was fun yeah like uh we did we did speak um after the film we were grabbing some dinner and stuff is I, I kind of did get lost in my own histrionics i was telling you guys about some of the things that they could have done that they didn't and all that sort of stuff and yeah, maybe if it was a, an X-Men film or an MCU film, that might be a, a really heavy detractor. But I feel like it's the kind of stuff that Deadpool intentionally stays away from. Mm. They just want to be fun and silly and goofy and not get into the histrionics of, of Marvel Comics. And so I think it works for them. Yeah, I uh, I know you said you didn't know how to compare it with the first one. I, I, th- I can only go on how I felt coming out of this movie for the first time like I did coming out of the first movie for the first time in saying that, the first one had so much more of a of an impact on me straight away. Like we left that cinema, all of us here at Geek. Like we all come in straight after and we did our review. But Lincoln was there, Brendan, Reese were there as well as you and and, uh, and myself. And we just couldn't shut up about the movie. We just come in. I think mm. we tried to do a review, and all we did for an hour was just quote the film. Like we just pretty much. Yeah, it was so much fun. It just took us by surprise. And I think that's what this film. It's not at no fault of its own. It just 
it, it lacks the surprise because we do have Deadpool 1. So mm. it doesn't grab us the same way that the first one does. And I think that applies to everybody, regardless of what you think about this movie. But for me, I, th- I found the first one more consistent as far as how often the humour came into it in a way. Like it was sort of laugh, beat, laugh, beat, laugh, beat, laugh, beat. Like it was very consistent from start to finish. With this one for me, and I'll go into it a little bit more into our spoilers chat, it was a lot slower to really kick in. That's a good way to put it. Like, yeah. more peaks and valleys. I think, you know, if you're going to rate it, it's like Deadpool 1 was just like 8, 9, 8, 9, 8, 9, all the way yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this, there was definitely some stuff that didn't didn't hit. Yeah. But then there was some 10 moments. Yeah. You know? And I, so think, I think for that slower start, not that I didn't enjoy what it was, it just I think I would have enjoyed a lot more in a different movie with a different tone. Whereas in, I think because I was expecting more of what Deadpool 1 was, it didn't feel like it would have fit in Deadpool 1. Uh, again, this is very vague, but I will go into it in the spoilers, and you'll you'll see maybe what I mean when you go see the movie. And I, I found myself thinking towards the end of that sort of first act or first half where I was a bit worried about it, I thought, I wonder if they're going to compact everything I'm hearing about this movie because I was hearing it is funnier than the first it is better than the first I am in pain from laughing so much I'm like I'm not feeling that yet I wonder if they've compacted everything the first movie was into the second half of this movie and I can say that second half of this movie really felt like Deadpool 1 to me just with how quick it was and witty just yeah bang 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 laugh beat laugh beat laugh beat a lot more than what the first half was so in a way, I, I, I kind of wanted to compare it the same way that I know you guys, when we went and saw Star Wars Rogue One, you, we all came in here and we're pretty positive. And I still to this day, I do like that movie, but I know the rest of you guys are like, don't really like the movie. We came out on a high because of the Vader scene at the end. So it left you with such a big punch to the face. Well, and the, whole, the whole battle on... Uh, Scarif. Yeah. Scarif, yeah. You were yeah. just like, oh my God, this is amazing. So it was a great end. So you come out and you're all positive. But then once you'd had a bit of time to digest it, you're like, oh, overall, I didn't really like the movie. I liked the end. And I think... I was like that. I enjoyed the second half of this movie. Once the movie finished, I was a bit like, oh, I don't know that overall, I don't know how I how I really feel about it. So uh, it, still, um, like you said, it is a lot of fun. I would, I would not at all ever tell someone not to go watch this movie because no. you go and you are going to have so much fun. I just think that it didn't hit me like the first movie well, did. Well, it's, it's a very different animal to what mm. the first one is in... In the same way Deadpool is an anti-hero, it's like this was the anti-sequel. Mm. It like it takes all those sequel tropes and just spins them on their head, sets you up for something you think is gonna happen, and then it completely subverts expectations and goes a different way. And it's like, and it's sort of you're like, oh, oh, and, and you sort of, it can be jarring when you're watching the movie, but then like as I was driving here afterwards, I'm like, no, that's actually really funny because mm. they're. They're actually pulling apart the genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of, it's almost like you've got to sit back. You're, you're too busy during the film laughing at all the just disgusting humor and silly jokes and all that sort of stuff that in a way, I think it's really actually really clever what they're doing in yeah. the way that they're they're pulling apart the genre and reconstructing it and subverting expectations and, and doing everything the MCU's not, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're sort of going, and there's so many jokes referencing that. It's like, well, here's what you think's going to happen, and then, oh, no. And it's and instead of being just a quick throwaway joke, like, and there's something big that, um, from the uh, from the trailers that you think is going to be a huge part of the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's not so much. Yeah. And it, 
they actually spend so much time on it in the film. You think, oh, this is this is happening. This is going down. Mm. And then no, it was just this long, extended joke. Yeah, just to f- with your brain. Yeah. And it's like during the movie, I was like, oh. But then afterwards, I'm like, that's actually kind of genius. Yeah, that's yeah. actually really, really f-ing clever. Yeah. Yeah, so I think depending on what you loved about the first movie, what you might be coming into the second movie looking for, if it was the extreme violence, the over-exaggerated violence, yeah, there's that and a lot more. That's amped up. Yeah, if you're there for the meta references, it's there and a lot more. If you're there for just Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds, it's there and a lot more. If you loved the love story that the first one was based around, really, that's what it was. We have a bit of a laugh when we think about it going, it's a love story. But it's a superhero love story. It was released in Valentine's Day, yeah, you know, with those great Valentine's type posters, yeah. making it look like it was. It was a, a rom com. Yeah. yeah, you get that, and it is a set around the same sort of love story for the same woman, but in a completely different way. And only once you see the film will you understand maybe what I say here, even if I'm not incorrect. But just it's, it doesn't have the same impact because it doesn't. Uh, that the first movie did. But again, it's got everything that the, mo- the first movie had, and in many cases, a lot more of it. Mm. But more is not always better. And again, I I, I feel like we're, we're in such a weird world at the moment where if you critique anything, if you don't love it, well, of course you hate it. Like, it's yeah. you love it. There's like a 10% space for you to love something, and Otherwise, you just hate it. 90% of it is you hating it. That's not at all how I feel. And I wish no. Lincoln could have joined us because he loved us. Like, he was nearly crying with laughter. He's slapping everyone around him. He's kicking the seat in front of him. He said at one point he was almost going to vomit. He was laughing so much. Like, yeah. he was so sore from laughing. He's like, oh, my God, I think I might puke. Yeah, and you know what? At the end, and there is uh, not so much a post-credit scene, it's a mid-credit scene, and there's no way that you could leave because they do have, like, little tidbits until the main mid-credit scene happens. Once that finished, that was definitely the hardest to laugh in the whole movie. Yeah. When that finished, I was, like, keeled over laughing, and then my bo- I stopped and I, I settled back down, and it was like my body then told me, no, you've got more laughter in here that needs to get out. <laughs> and I just, almost out of context, just started hilariously laughing all over again. Yeah. So there's so much fun to be had in this movie. And I will say, yeah, if you like the first movie, absolutely go and see it. I just think, for me, yeah, I can answer and say that I do like the first one better. And I, But I, again, I, I wish Lincoln was here to give his full um, thoughts. Brendan as well, I know, really wanted to be with us tonight. He just he couldn't uh, join us. Maybe he will be able to join us for the for the uh, full spoilers. I'm not too sure. Waiting to see whether he uh, he uh, does have the time to call through. But he uh, he put up on his uh, Twitter and Instagram that uh, this is his number one movie of the year so far. Yeah. Apologies to Thanos. I don't know whether that was a joke <laughs> from in the film uh, with Josh Brolin, but he did apologize and say, yeah, this even tops Avengers Infinity War for me. This is my number one movie. And he was sitting next to me and he was pissing himself. So he hopefully he can join us. If not, uh, we might get some more word from him throughout. But uh, did you want to say anything else before we jump into full spoilers? I don't know that I can. Yeah, okay. All right, well, let's get into it. Now, I will say for those that are maybe tuning out for a second, when I do say that we have a big night, we can't separate these into uh, separate podcasts. It's because we have had a big night ourselves and a big 48 hours, Matthew. Um, Ooh, yeah. We saw a uh, early screening of Deadpool 2, and we decided to uh, wait until tonight to uh, come in and record our thoughts. And that was because tonight we also saw Solo, a Star Wars story. So Ooh. after this Deadpool review, we will also be recording our Solo, a Star Wars story reviews. And I'm still a bit up in the air whether we put them up straight. Maybe we'll put up a non spoilers version first. Maybe people listen to it. Maybe they won't. I'll save the non-spoilers until it's actually released. You're good luck. On the, on the 25th. Yeah, I don't want to be one of these dicks that 
even though it would be you, the listener's fault, if you click on something yeah. that says full spoilers, that's not on me, that's on you. That's but... you just being hashtag father, just like not letting people yeah. spoil themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. If yeah. I don't want you to touch that, I'm not going to put it down where you can touch it. Absolutely. <laughs> that's the dad in me. So, all right, that's our non-spoilers uh, chat done for Deadpool 2. Thumbs up from us. Go see it. Yeah. Thumbs up where? Well, you know. Don't ask. Yeah. The movie might tell you, but we're not going to. <laughs> so from now on, we're going to be talking full spoilers. Uh, again, doesn't carry the same sort of weight as what Infinity War does, but there might be some stuff you don't want spoiled. Jokes, yeah. little plot twists here and there, reveals. So uh, tune out now, press pause, and uh, join us back after you've seen the movie. I don't know where you know what I paused for there because uh, this is a this is a podcast. We're recording it as if it's live, but it was just like a little bit, just a little breather. It's the radio guy in you. All right, so uh, where do we uh, where do we start? Full spoilers. It uh, it does do the. Uh, I was wondering whether it would, but it it does very much start with the flashbacky type uh, way of telling a story, like the first one did. Just yeah. not as much. The first one jumped back and forth a lot more than what this one did. It was very much starting in the present, showed you the past, and then caught up within like fifteen minutes. So yeah. it was a a very quick um a very quick turnaround. And I, I, I enjoyed that bit. You know, it obviously kicked you off with a bang. It was, you know, Deadpool blowing himself up into pieces. And I know my wife turned to me and go, how does he survive that? You know, and I'm like, well, he can survive anything. Like, he's he's invincible for all yep. intents and purposes. So, he's a starfish. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. So, um, yeah, did you, did you like that they redid that? style again even though not to the same extent but did you like oh that's that this is the deadpool way of telling his yeah, own story yeah it was story? a nice little touch so i'm like it was like oh okay they're going to this is going to be his his way of of storytelling mm. you know because there is the 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 voiceover element of it which i feel like there was more there was more voiceover in this than there was oh absolutely um in moments that almost didn't need it i feel like it was just like something was in slow motion and then Ryan Reynolds just went i, I can add something here yeah. and just started talking and again no no nothing against him and I, I i liked a lot of what he said but i just i was surprised that there was so much of it yeah, I feel compared like they, to the first one they dialed back on the Deadpool talking to, directly to camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They dialed yeah, back on weirdly. that, but then amped up the Carrie Bradshaw yeah. voiceover. Yeah, it's sort of all stuff, more more through the voiceover and more through the the type of meta jokes rather than actual turn to the camera and yeah, yeah. So whereas whereas it's like whereas you could almost in the first film picture him sitting on the bridge telling us the story mm. or you know sitting in the back of the garbage truck telling us the story. You don't quite know where he where he is when he's doing that VO stuff, mm. like where Deadpool. Like if you think about it, where Deadpool is when he's telling us that. Yeah, they don't sort of lay that out as much. But I guess it is a much more complicated story. There's a lot more characters to mm. sort of delve into. So maybe it was just a a shorthand way of of getting around that, just mm. so they could sort of get to the gold. It was a weird feeling that I had uh, during this movie, probably more so towards the end, the, the big climactic battle, where in the first movie, because there was so much more you know, look at the camera uh, type, you know, breaking the fourth wall, that it was like almost there was a guy walking around and he could see a window into another universe that is the audience and he's talking to us and then he'd quickly have to react to the other world that's unaware of that fourth yeah. wall and react to what was going on. And then when he had a second, he'd turn back to us and talk to us. This movie, because there wasn't that interaction with the audience, uh, at least visually, it was like, I, I found myself thinking, this is a guy that knows that he's in a movie and he knows that he's in a comic book movie. But he's getting lost in that world much more in this second film because mm. he was very he was stuck in that world doing things between breaks to the camera a lot more than what it was in the first film. So I'm like, it's almost like he's just he's it's it's like he's 
dreaming and he's preferring the dream world in a way. It was such a yeah. weird existential sort of like situation that I was putting him in. I, I, I don't know, but um, yeah, it was, it was very different in that style. And also the fact that he was Wade Wilson a lot more. And I say that because he had yeah. the mask off for like almost the first half of this movie. He was just getting around yeah. with his heavily scarred face and then they took his powers away. So he has no, and he's in jail. So he's got no reason to wear a suit. He was so, so much more that. Yeah, and you'd almost think he'd prefer just having the mask on because as yeah. much as it obstructs his voice and, and what he can do with his face, Deadpool's mask is so sort of animated yeah. and, and so uh, expressive. I and saves him like a shit ton of time in makeup. That was my thing. I'm just like, well, why would he intentionally want to sit through all that makeup? Yeah. Going through all that. I wonder if, if it was a different company than Fox that make the X-Men movies, whether he would have just sort of done this sly sort of wink to Jennifer Lawrence. Like, see, someone yeah. doesn't mind getting the makeup on all the time. That'd be Because great. you think that the more her character went on in the, in the uh, X-Men prequel trilogy, the less and less blue mystique oh, we I saw. Don't, I don't think she suited up at all in, in Apocalypse. As yeah. far as I'm aware, it was just her as her in uh, just clothes. Yeah. And then the blue was all done in CG. Yeah, it may as well have been. Like, it felt like that, yeah, just as it went on, she just got over it. Whereas this, Ryan Reynolds is actually a credited screenwriter for this movie. He's one of the three, the first two guys that wrote the the first movie are back, and then Ryan Reynolds. So he's actually writing the script that ensures that he has to sit there and get makeup every day. Like, <laughs> it's just another reminder of how committed this guy is to this character yeah. and this movie and this franchise and the fans around it that he's like, yeah, I don't care that I have to go and do much. Well, not not more hard work. He just has to sit there while other people do the work. But it's taking up so much more of his well, time. Well, he's going to spend the entire day filming in yeah. that latex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair, I guess it doesn't, it doesn't really hinder like his expression and that sort mm. of stuff. But it's still... A couple of hours a day that he's spending in a makeup Absolutely. chair that he wouldn't necessarily have to. Yeah, so as I was saying in the um in the non spoilers chat, for me the first half just really started to drag. Like I, th- it wasn't because it was between action set pieces. Like I didn't need this. I I've heard other reviews from around the world saying that there's an increased budget in this and they just had action scenes for action's sake. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't really. I can't really remember one that I thought, well, that didn't need to be. They're like, I think a lot of maybe when they found Russell at the school, that dragged out a little bit for me, mainly because it was probably the direction and the, and the um, uh, what do you call it when you're actually blocking, right? Where Deadpool arrives in the scene, he's having an argument with Colossus about how to act in this situation, or he's arguing with a cop behind him or something, and you've just got Russell behind him in shot, slightly out of focus, just, you know, like... You know, like back and forth, like yeah. you know, switching balance between his feet and just sort of rocking back and forth. Like it was like he was a video game character that hadn't been told what to do. Yeah, there was Be- no motivation behind this big standoff that he was having. It's yeah, like well, the the his whole through line through the film is he wants to kill uh, the guy who's running the, mm, the thing. Mm. Well, he was right there. He could yeah. have just thrown a fireball at him. Yeah, like like he was threatening to do that when the X Men arrived or when Colossus arrived. With Deadpool, Um, sorry, training, training Deadpool, (laughs) training X Men, and uh, he rocks up. There's fire being thrown everywhere, blasts and shit. Like he's killing, ready to kill people, ready to destroy the building. They rock up and they're having a talk amongst themselves. Me or Russell's like, okay, I'm just, I'm gonna wait until Deadpool looks at me, and then I'll be like, oh no, don't come near me. It's like, but you're not gonna do anything unless I come near you. Just, it was just strange. It was like this weird, like standoff. Um, you know. It's it's like someone had gone into and robbed a bank and they had hostages, so it's like there was the standoff. Mm. 
but he was just standing in the middle of the front yard. Yeah. He didn't he wasn't hiding behind a hostage. So it's like surely that entire um like response team they would have had they could have just shot him with a taser. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Him down. So I was like, I don't understand the hesitation on both sides. Yeah. It's like the the what do you call it? The SWAT team could have taken him down with bloody beanbag mm. pellets or whatever. But then he wasn't making any demands. Mm. Or threatening the lives of, of like he didn't have someone in a chokehold or anything like that. So that what was, I didn't understand the standoff. What, yeah, you know? it, it just felt to me. I think like the extended version of that scene. It was like a, yeah. a, a version on the Blu-ray already... that you might find because it, it felt like it should have been shorter. That you wouldn't have had those shots of Russell swaying back and forth, waiting for something to do. Yeah, because it was already a little aimless. Like because, and to me, it was clever because Deadpool himself was feeling a little bit aimless. Mm. So I like the fact that we felt that. But yeah, I, th- I agree with you that I think that scene did go on a little bit too long. And all in all, and I, I, I thought this going in and coming out, I still felt the same as I didn't really, I didn't, Russell didn't grow on me at all. Mm. Um, I wasn't excited when I heard, because I, ha- I haven't seen um, Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, made a big splash with that. It's not a fat joke. Um, <laughs> so I wasn't. You know, and it was it was a character they've created for the uh, for the film. That he, as far as I'm aware, he doesn't have any. Well, he has said that his character in the comics is like a jock, and he looks nothing like his character. Oh. See, I know of Pyro, yeah, which yeah, we saw in the X Men films, but Fire Fist doesn't sound familiar. Yeah. So... Um, maybe maybe the character Russell someone is. I, I'm, I'm. Oh again, yeah, I'm see, not a... I'm yeah, I'm more about big... sort of code names than I am real names. Yeah, so... I'm not a big comic yeah, guy. That could be with as far as X Men are concerned. So I'm not sure either. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I loved Hunt for the Wilder People. I loved him in it. And uh, we actually, I work here at a radio station and we interviewed him uh, about uh, two weeks before the release of the film. And he said that through Wilder People, obviously written and directed by Taika Waititi, Taika Waititi acted opposite Ryan Reynolds and Green Lantern. They're friends. Ryan Reynolds, I actually remember at the time. Taika Waititi and Green Lantern? He was the best friend. He was Ryan Reynolds' best friend in that movie. Wow. The guy that he first reveals the suit to and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That almost makes me want to go back and watch Green Lantern. Just the, maybe just those scenes. Yeah. Yeah, just enough. Um, and obviously we get a shout out to Green Lantern in this film, so um, <laughs> awesome. But um, yeah, the, 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 Ryan contacted Tyker having seen World of People go, who's this kid, man? Who's He's awesome. I've got a movie coming up that he I might want him for. Pass some details. He makes contact and they said they brought him over and uh, showed him some of the script. And as far as he told us, Ryan said to him, I had you in mind when I wrote this script. When I wow. wrote these lines as character, I imagined you saying them. So that's why it, it, pro- it seemed to suit... Him, you know, just words when he said gangsters, like he 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 thought he was a real hardcore sort of kid yeah. in uh, in world of people, and there's a few things like that. Otherwise, it was very generic sort of stuff that could have been for um mm. for anyone. But I I I liked him being in there because, it, like he said in the in the film, he doesn't suit being what he is. He goes, I'm not a, I'm a plus size superhero. Yeah. No one has um no one has room for that. You know, yeah, there, there's, there's no representation. Yeah, there's no representation anywhere for a plus size superhero. And the fact that he was a Kiwi. And Deadpool referred to him as being a, a, a fat kid from New Zealand. Yeah. We don't know that whether his uh, his parents, you know, both Kiwis, they when do they move there? Like why is this Kiwi kid, we don't see a lot in any American movies. When do you ever see a New no, Zealand actor right. or actress? So it was just weird to me that there was just throw. Why is he Kiwi? Because he is. That's fine. That's funny. But and because I like the kid, um, well, it's better than making him trying to like force an American accent or yeah, something. And like I was that, worried they would so, actually try to because yeah. he's got such a thick Kiwi accent. I thought they're not going to be able to, uh, not going to be able to hide that. And uh, obviously, yeah, he was a kid rather than being this maybe adult jock because Deadpool had a big thing at the start with his missus before she died. He wants to have kids and 
you know, have that sort of father figure, blah, 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 blah. So I liked that that was obviously his on, once he figured it out, that was the motivation for him wanting to save this kid. But then in turn, it only occurred to me, I think yesterday, day after I'd seen the, um, seen the movie, that Cable's place in this film, this is basically the plot from Looper. Like, yeah. he's just wanting to kill this kid before he becomes this mass murderer in the future. Um, and I think that was the other thing that really detracted from this movie from me. Like, I was really excited to see I'm a massive fan of Josh Brolin. I love a lot of his other stuff. Obviously, he was great in uh, Avengers as Thanos. Not that you could see that it was him. You could hear it. <laughs> but you can't see him. And we very much see him in this role. I thought he looked great. The makeup effects were excellent. Um, when they were CG, it looked awesome. There were moments he's looking in the mirror with his cyborg guy. And I'm like, man, this is Terminator shit. Yeah, I was, I was waiting really cool. for a da, 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 So I was on, I'm like, moment. this is the type of movie that would do something like that or make some kind of reference. Maybe someone comes up, knocks on the door. Fuck you, asshole. Like, just something. Yeah. Give us some Terminator gear. But I know very little about Cable. Now he's from the future. I know he carries the bunny around and there's times where he did. Did he go back in time and rescue himself as a baby and he protects this baby like this child for a little while? Yes. But he's also the the son of, of Cyclops and a Jean Grey clone? Yes, Madeline right. Pryor. So I found it strange they didn't reference that at all. Like if any film's going to do, it's mm. going to be Deadpool going, ah, oh, I've never met your dad, but I heard he's a dick or yeah. something. They just well, reference the fact of who he is. And given that they reference uh, his offspring at the end, Hope Summers, mm. who is a big part of sort of the, you know, the, the future. She's, yeah, right. You know, she's a she's a big, she's a heavy hitter. Yeah, because again, this, I, I'm not trying to rag on this movie. I, I did like, the movie and loved the experience of watching it. We had such a good time. We all went out and had a feed after and we're just talking about how much we enjoyed this movie. I'm just bringing up the things that I was let down at. Yeah, it's just they're, they're in, in the same way we had to adjust very early with the MCU in the in the certain things that they were changing mm. to because they couldn't use, you know, the X-Men or the Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, things, things like the fact that, you know... Um, Ant Man is actually the one who created Ultron. Yeah, they couldn't yeah. do that. So yeah, it's, it's but the way they managed to work like around that. that, I think you go back. If you only know the MCU and that's your version of Marvel, it it all works fine. If anything, it would make more sense to you if you found out after that Ant Man was the one that created him. If you didn't know, yeah, obviously the so histrionics as you this say. This is obviously only the the second uh, Deadpool film, so it's like I think we're still getting used to what they're going to do yeah. and what they're not going to do. Yeah. Um, my big thing was, and I teased this in um de- in our Deadpool one chat. Yeah. Um, and I said I'd, I'd save it for number two to see what happens. Just in case. So, yeah. Cover your ears if you don't want to be potentially spoiled, but <laughs> Vanessa is a mutant. And I really hoped they were going to do that in this film, and, mm. and they didn't. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know, Vanessa is actually a mutant called Copycat. Uh, now she is um, she's almost identical to Mystique in mm. that she's got blue skin. She's a shapeshifter. She has white hair instead of um, instead of red hair. But the difference being is when Copycat shapeshifts into someone, she copies their powers as well. Mm. So she can she can turn into Cyclops and have eye blasts. Yeah, she sick. can she can. Um, shapeshift into storm and manipulate the weather. Hmm. Um, whereas, you know, you look at Mystique and it's like, you know, I think the first X-Men film, it, it points it out very well when she shapeshifts into Wolverine. Mm. Yes, she makes claws. But then I'd add then adamantium. adamantium <laughs> you know. Um, so I really hope they're going to do this because uh, Copycat, when she was first introduced in the comics, 
was actually posing as Domino. For her mm. first couple appearances, you just, you meet Domino, blah, 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 and then it's revealed three or four issues in. Yeah. It's actually Copycat posing as Domino. So I really thought that's what they're going to do, given that they introduced Domino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really, that was something I was really, really hoping for, mm. um, just so that Vanessa wasn't just the damsel in distress. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was a little disappointing for me, mm. but it, it still could happen. Yeah. But it's going to take even more to buy it back now. Yeah. Uh, in the first film, you know, we all joked about how how on earth she survived that big plummet off the um, helicarrier in yeah. a glass tube yeah. that was punctured by him throwing a sword. So and got a simple that. cut on her forehead. I yeah. Think. And it's like, well, in, what I didn't tell you guys at the time is, in my thing is like, okay, maybe they're writing it so that she doesn't have to she doesn't have to shapeshift to get the powers, but she was near Wade, so perhaps mm. she um. Heroes it, and yep. if she's near someone, she can absorb their powers, mm. and the regeneration power saved her. Yeah. But in this film, spoiler alert, she's killed at the start of the film, and we see her die, and it's like, well, if she died, she would have revert, reverted back to her blue, her blue skin. Yeah, and she didn't. So if they do end up revealing that she's a mutant, if they if there is a Deadpool three. Mm. It's going to take a lot to buy it back. Yeah. Um, but maybe they're just not going to do it because she's too much like Mystique. She's Mystique with white hair. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. maybe they're just going to steer clear of that. Yeah. Which is fair enough. It's just a little bit disappointing for mm. me. I think what I what I was going to get to with the Cable side of things, like you take purely just from the movie. Who is Cable? Why is Cable? Where's he from? What's he do? Like I've I got a better question for you. <laughs> <laughs> like they go to the future. We don't know it's the future, really. Like yeah. he's overlooking like shit that's burning. And you might get the idea because he's a bit. You know, he's got the the eye and stuff, and then he pulls out a device and he starts seeing flashes of things from our past. And you're like, okay. Hopefully the audience now is catching up because I knew that he was time traveling from yeah. the future. Yeah. Hopefully the audience that are literally learning about this character right now. They're figuring that out. Presses the button and he disappears. Like that was all inside a minute. I'd be very surprised if that hit sixty seconds at all. Mm. Boom, he's back in uh, in our present, and he's just hunting them down. What do we see? He's half cyborg essentially. Like he's half his upper torso is completely metallic. He's got the eye, heads up display. He's got the device on his arm that he can time travel. So who is he? Who is he in the future? Is he a soldier? Is he some kind of like agent? Um, yeah. what happened to him? Is he a cyborg? Is he ha- is he actually half robot, or is that just sort of like Winter Soldier stuff? It's like a an add on to replace something that's gone missing. Yeah, I just a lot of things. I'm like, I don't know anything about this guy. Like I know what I know, very basic stuff from the uh, from the comics and cartoons and things that you've told me and my research that I've done when they go Josh Brolin will be coming Cable. Cable's coming into Deadpool. Yeah, but really, I think watching this movie, I don't know anything about this guy. Yeah, well, they didn't touch on the fact that, yeah, that metal is, it's a techno-organic virus mm. uh, that was created by Apocalypse. Yeah. And Cable is very much, he, he hunts Apocalypse through time. Yeah, right. Um, so, obviously, none of that was sort of touched on. Um, and the other thing being, he was only, you know, from 20 years in the future at, mm. at most. Because um, he's, he's from a time when... Grown up Russell mm. burns his family alive. Yeah, see, you, now, you in, obviously in the... didn't drive home with us because I'm driving home with, with Link and uh, my wife, Link's girlfriend, and that was one thing that they said because I said, oh, do you know, though, he's actually Cyclops' kid. They go, oh, so he'd be pretty young in this movie in this timeline. I'm like, no, he might not, he might not be alive. And they're like, well, he'd have to be because of because of Russell. Like Russell yeah. in this is like, well, he's a midway teenager and then we see him in the future and he at most he might be mid 40s yeah 
He's not in his 60s or anything that would explain that no. Cable isn't born yet. And then this Cable... Like, I know that a lot of the, the actors that fans were eyeing off to play Cable were a lot older than Josh Brolin. Stephen Lang was... Stephen you know, Lang was obviously a fan favourite for years. No makeup required. No, at all. So, um, yeah, I was surprised that... Uh, well, it, it, I guess it only... You, your own head math, your own head cannon's going to mess that up for you. The movie doesn't necessarily state anything in particular. Yeah, like We no, don't know normally, that this guy isn't out there as a 10-year-old already. he's like the year 4,000, mm. you know? Um, you've got Bishop, who is normally... Well, in the cartoons and stuff, he was sort of replaced Kitty Pryde, but he's, he's from 10, 20 years in the future. Yeah. And, but Cable is from a couple of thousand years in the future when Apocalypse mm. sort of, you know, runs the, runs the entire world. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's little things like that where you just go... Oh, but like I was saying in our non-spoiler stuff, it's it's they they kind of do away with a lot of the histrionics mm. just so you can enjoy the laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and people just want to see Cable and Deadpool together. Yeah, they want to see Deadpool and Domino together. And he does know? say that at the end of the movie, like he doesn't have enough charge to get back. She's so like, oh, I'll just hang out here for a while. You know, like, yeah. That's kind of, and it was good that it was obviously going to happen. You know, and people were worried with the trailers that uh, he was going to be the villain. They weren't ever going to get. You know, friendly with each other. It's like, well, yeah. of course it's going to happen. Of course they're course going they're to team up at, at some stage yeah. and take on whoever the big bad was. I never for a second thought the big bad was going to end up being the kid. I thought he was going to talk no. him out of killing the kid. And then. And I never expected Juggernaut to show up either. No. Yeah. Okay. So when they said the beast, and he goes with a nice little hint of foreshadowing. You know X Men a lot better than I do. Who you, did you have I, any idea? I said Juggernaut straight away. Yeah, I'm right. Like, it's got to be Juggernaut. And see, I'm glad I didn't remember because I I do remember hearing about a year ago that Juggernaut was going to be in this movie. Oh. I'm so glad I forgot. Like you remember that even just those X Men cartoons when they're running at each other in the opening credits. Like Juggernaut's a f-ing monster. Huge. He's huge. So I uh, yeah I I liked that um, he was I better than old mate in uh, X Men Three. Vinnie, Vinnie, Jones. Vinnie Jones. I'm the Juggernaut bitch. bitch. I wish that he didn't have to be CGI. Yeah, I think they they spent all their CGI budget on Cable's arm, and they kind of just kind of stuck yeah. it together. I think that was the weakest of of anything visually. Yeah. Or is he going to do it CGI Juggernaut. when you do have the close ups of Juggernaut's face and him speaking and lips and how fluid lips actually move when people are talking? CGI hasn't caught up to that yet. Not yet. We're close, but we're yeah. not there yet. Even yeah, because even Colossus, to a certain point, sometimes he'd be talking and his lips wouldn't be touching. Yeah, and it's like you can't actually make that sound without your lips touching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I wish they would have maybe just in the close-ups had a real human face, and they wouldn't. It's not like they're the only yeah. film out there that was like, oh, well, we're going to have to use you know photo real, and then when we cut back to a wide shot, it'll be CG. Oh, it doesn't match up, well, so we'll just make the whole thing with, CGI. Um, That's ridiculous. Peter Dinklage in Infinity War. That was yeah. great. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was an entire CG atmosphere, like mm. the entire sort of backdrop and everything. But still, in a CG atmosphere, you can still tell a CGI human looks awful, and then a CGI background is just like, well, we're, I think our eyes accept that, but where it's humans, yeah, yeah. we don't, we haven't got to, uh, got I mean, to that sure stage I'm sure they didn't yet. have Infinity War budget. Hell no. Yeah, a couple that. hundred million less, no doubt. Yeah. Now, you talk about cable before. I, I was worried that I would feel the same way about Domino. I don't, to some extent, I do, that I don't know anything about her and didn't get to know her enough, but. In the end, I think that I did get to know what I needed to know about it. Yeah. Like, she comes in, oh, what's your power? Luck. What happens? Well, nothing bad ever really happens to me. Fine. And they showed how cool it was. Like, she could just walk through a burning building out into a busy freeway. Nothing yeah. would ever happen to her. Like, she that looked like really, really cool. Um, I think they did a really good job um, showing her powers manifest. I think mm. it was really, really clever. And she played it really, really well. Yeah. She's like, I know why I've got to be here. And she wasn't too... 
like ditzy. Yeah. Like she wasn't like um old mate from Harry Potter, the ditzy blonde chick from Harry Potter. Uh, Luna Lovegood. Oh, you know, yeah, she wasn't yeah. In the air. She was just like, I don't know why I'm here, but I, I know I'm here for a reason. Yeah, and she was sassy from the um, moment. Like, from the get, she's like, yeah, it's cinematic. And like, no, it is. She goes, yeah, yeah, it is. Like, she's almost yeah. backing out of the room going, man, I'm out, but you just got to know I'm right. No, I'm right. Like, they were, they were really well matched up because he never respected and appreciated exactly what she could do. And yeah. she didn't need to tell him. She's like, I'm just going to show you. Whether you believe it or not, I don't care. Like, I deserve to be here sort of thing. Yeah. Without, without any... Or of, of, of ego or arrogance or anything yeah. like that. And the one thing they really needed to show, because it's what... I've got my little domino mini-mate here as well. She's just she's just there. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> one of the things that she relies on the most is, in the same way Hawkeye like can't miss, mm. she's a very similar way. She can do like a ricochet shot and a bullet will ricochet five times and yeah, then hit sick. its target and, and do what it needs to do. Yeah. Um, so as much as there was other sort of luck things going on, there was that moment, uh, in the, in the car chase, mm. the big tank chase where the bullet did ricochet and do exactly what it needed to do. Yeah. And I was like, okay, done. That's, it looks cool. Yeah. That gives us, that gives enough of a, um, homage to, you know, the original Domo, the comics and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but then, so I was like, yep, I'll rubber stamp that. I'm happy yeah. with that. And then, okay. So she gets introduced in that very awesome. I think it was just before this was when the movie started to really pick up for me. When they're putting the team together and oh, having tryouts, I'm still devastated. I'm still... brilliant, funny. Now, actually, mind you, today I read I read an interview with Rhett Reese and uh, Paul Wernick, I believe, and it's not the other way around. And they said they had written a cameo by Chris Evans as the Human Torch coming into <laughs> audition for the team, and they said it wasn't that Chris Evans said no. We someone else came up with an idea that we ended up going with. So I don't know what who it was or what it was. But they said it ended up. Maybe it was. Um, maybe, maybe it was, was invisible. Invisible with the vanisher. Yeah. And they said uh, we ended up going with a different idea that was better. So we never got to the stage where we wanted to ask him. Yeah. Um, that would have been cool. It would have been funny just to sort of cross those wires again, and yeah. um, him for himself a little bit of a throwback, and for Fox to again take the piss out of itself for bad decisions in that film. Not that yeah. Chris Evans was a bad decision, but I mean, there was he a, was one of the shining lights of the, both of those movies. Yeah, there was a joke going around pre-Infinity War when people thought Cap was going to die at the mm. end of Infinity War. And they said Wakanda, where human torches go to die. Yeah, right. <laughs> because Michael B. Jordan died there as well. <laughs> and I was like, well done, well done. And then the Fantastic Four will be integrated into the MCU and the human torch will never go there. Yeah. You just got like a bad feeling like, about nope, the place. Nope, not going to go there. But yeah, um, they, they do that whole recruitment. There's a couple of people I know you were very familiar with characters and all that sort of thing. And it was Shatterstar. Yep. I was really excited to hear Shatterstar. One, it's a really interesting character with a really interesting power set. He's another kind of asexual character like, mm. like Deadpool is. Yep. So I thought there might have been a bit of fun flirty stuff going on there, which could be funny. Mm. He's, yeah, he's got this cool sort of, uh, these, these, it's like a samurai sword, but it's two. Like this is two, you, you almost got a shot of him, but there yeah. was like two samurai swords, like maybe like two inches apart. So he's two swords, but four blades. Mm. Like it's very cool. Um, and then he was played by Lewis Tan, who is an amazing actor. Now he was in um, uh, Iron Fist. Yep. He was the one that people lost their minds about saying he should have been cast as Danny Rand mm. when they wanted an Asian actor to play yeah. Danny Rand. Yeah, up just being the drunken master. Yeah, the drunken yeah. demon dragon monkey fight in like episode eight or something yeah, like that yeah. is, is where you'll see him. Um, I've got a lot, of, and you go and check out his Instagram. Um, like his fight choreography is amazing. Some yeah, of the nice. stuff that he does just in his off time. Um, so <laughs> I was, I was so, I was like, yes, I want this guy to get a break. I mm. really want him to get a break and get really well known, and then. 
and he's hit with a helicopter. I didn't for one second when they were having those laughs about the wind, and then they actually started like woo, and they're going upside down and flapping around in the wind. I still never. I didn't for one second thought they were actually going to kill people. I thought they were going to horribly injure them, and it just all went wrong. But when they just killed him off, I'm like, real. This is like you said on our non-spoilers. Has this just been like a ten-minute setup, and this is a quick payoff? That oh, they all died. Now I appreciate the idea. It's like yeah, he puts his whole team together. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now they're dead. Like it isn't going to be one of those movies. He's not putting a team together, and then like twenty of them are going to go take on the bad guy. But at the same time, I think because they all died, and then he didn't give a shit. Domino didn't give a shit, and then they just well, they've got they've got to deal with Cable, and so that is going on in front of you so much happening well you've forgotten about it. all these people just died yeah. like for me i i just started to appreciate the movie and how sort of quick and witty it was becoming and consistent and then that happened and it was part of that consistency but for me just took me out a bit because i'm like oh really like you built yeah, up and i was looking forward yeah, to seeing maybe it was the after effect of the trailer because i i told you actually going into uh infinity war actually after that i listened to an interview with rob uh, liefeld the guy who created deadpool uh, on another podcast, and they said to him, does he agree with the idea of filming things just for a trailer? Because the directors of Infinity War, the Russo brothers, had to admit that that great running shot in slow-mo from the end of the Infinity War trailer, where you've got Cap, you've got Hulk, um, Black Widow, Falcon, Okoye, yeah. Falcon, War Machine, all running in Wakanda together in slow-mo. They said they just put that together for the trailer because yeah, it looked like cool. That. Yeah, I didn't lose any respect for Infinity War that they did it. But in the uh, question to Rob Liefeld, they said, you know, what do you think about the fact that Avengers did this? He goes, um, ask me in a week because we might have done something similar. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to find out what that was. And I end up leaving the film thinking, well, I don't remember any particular big you know, money shots that ended up not being in the film. But I wonder whether he just meant as a sequence, they did this massive thing selling the trailer. It was going to be the birth of X-Force and all these characters are coming together. And this is how we're going to defeat Cable. Quietly, the first half of the trailer, no hope against Cable. He's got a friggin' robot arm and he's from the future. Second half, all these characters coming together. And then they all die off and it's like, nah, gotcha, joke. It's back to just being Deadpool yeah. and he's going to go and try and recruit bloody uh, Colossus to come and help him. So... Yeah. I appreciate it. At the time, it really didn't get me and threatened to pull me out of the movie again, but then it just really hit full steam. Yeah, because yeah, it's like when you think about it, it's actually really clever in that it's a, it's a you know backhander to to Infinity War, mm. but for me it was also a backhander to Suicide Squad as well. With yeah, the infamous uh, yeah, that's true. Slipknot or whatever he is. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Being introduced and then being killed. <laughs> yeah, <in the> very <laughs> I didn't next even scene. think about that actually. Yeah, that was yeah to me that was it's a little. A little suck one of the many suck shits to the DCEU that yeah. uh, that they threw in this film. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's and just such attention to detail, like the fact that they they lay down the fact that Shatterstar is an alien, mm. um, which is a big thing. And then obviously then he gets he falls into the blades of the helicopter and he's just green goo. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, just little things like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I appreciate a, that too. Such a nice touch, uh, like attention to detail. Because being a non-fan, I didn't know whether that bit was true. Yeah. He's or from, like um, he was the invisible boy from Mystery Man where he thought he was invisible, no, right? do you remember, Um, now you haven't seen a lot of the X-Men cartoon, but he said he was from the Mojo universe. Mm. So do you remember there was this big sort of green, disgusting sort of thing on like metal nah, spider legs? I'm out. And he runs like a like an alien TV show yeah, right. kind of thing. Yeah, that's Mojo. Yeah, okay. Um. So yeah, Shatterstar's from there. 
um, as well as a few others. So uh, that was a nice touch. Mm. But yeah, just it was just this big setup just to be like, oh, f- the audience. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm, I'm, I'm devastated, but I'm also like, I'm like, that's actually really clever. Yeah. Like, you got me. You got me. You talk about, uh, I think in our non-spoilers, how this was a real upgrade of how crude and rude that it was. Whew. I think, uh, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff throughout the movie, but that's when the movie really sort of went to sort of... Oh, are you oh. allowed to say that? But just when they got to that end sequence and it was about this kid trying to get back, take revenge on his abusers throughout his childhood. So there wasn't one, there wasn't two, there wasn't seven. There was probably more than 10 jokes that were about pedophiles and pedophilia oh, like, um... and, 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 and do- like, um, you know, religious figures or something. Like, it, they just kept throwing it out. What was my favorite one? Um you're running like an online sex offender who's lost his laptop. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> and that, I think, came very soon Ooh. after the, yeah, we must be best friends. Only best friends kill pedophiles together or something. Like, it was just <laughs> so wrong that we're laughing at the idea of pedophiles. We're not. We're laughing at them. Like, it'd be, it'd be the same as, like, when insert hero here kills a bunch of Nazis and makes fun of it. It's like, yeah, people we just don't like. So we can, they can be the butt of our jokes. But at the same time... We're still having fun with the. I, I, it was, yeah, it was very it's strange. Like, yeah, it's like at no point are you going to say, "Hey, you're being too mean on pedophiles." Yeah, you oh need to, god, like no one's ever going to say that. Say that, yeah. But then it's just like it's such like oh that's <laughs> that's really like no pe- pe- no you don't say that. Like, now that's... mind you, I'm sitting next to Brendan, and there's nothing Brendan loves more than a really offensive oh, sort yeah. of possibly too far joke. So we were losing our absolute shit. At that, like that was just so, and it wasn't even just because it was Deadpool. It was because you had Cable there, the Yang to his Yin, who wasn't there laughing at his jokes, who wasn't setting him up to tell another joke, who wasn't reacting in a way that encouraged him to tell more. Cable was very much Cable, and Deadpool was being more Deadpool in that scene. But they still seemed to be a complete, perfect match fighting yeah. together. Like there was that one, even just quick shot, or but it was. You know, very intricate at the same time, where you saw these two heroes fighting together on the same screen and the same shot at the same time, and it's like, oh man, straight out of a comic book, that looks really cool. So that whole end sequence, like I said, the second half really not saved the movie for me, but made me so much more comfortable. After the first one, just sort of had me, you know, sit back a little bit and lose myself from the movie but especially that end sequence just because of how the action was even having two creatures made of cgi fight each other which i would normally go who gives a shit the fact that deadpool goes oh big cgi fight coming up fine i'm happy to watch that cgi fight now because you've told the audience this is going to look ridiculous because nothing is real yeah but but let's pretend there are plenty of stakes here anyway you know so um yeah that the comedy the ridiculous, crude nature of those jokes. Um, I, 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 I love the end of the movie. Yeah, it's just. Be, I think because we we love the first one so much, and we got so invested in in even you know Colossus and and Negasonic. Yeah, I feel like Negasonic was probably the I don't want to say ill used, but kind of underused. Underused. Yeah, is probably the best way to put it. Um, it, I almost wonder. Like as I was leaving the cinema, I was like, I wonder what this movie would have been like if instead of Russell. It was Negasonic, mm. and she was the one kind of potentially going dark side. Yeah, um, and they had to talk her back around because she was being in the same way Magneto seduced Pyro in in X Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 
could, you know, because they did tee up early in the film that that orphanarium mm. was the Essex orphanarium. So yeah. Nathaniel Essex being Mr. Sinister. For yep, a minute, yep, I thought yep. that they, the guy that the Russell was trying to kill might end up being Mr. Sinister. Mm. And we didn't get that either. But it was a nice touch that Nathaniel Essex does have an, an, an orphanarium out there because yeah. he, he wants to breed the perfect mutant and that's yeah. the perfect way to get mutants. And, and he has tested on children. Mm. So it was Purple Man. Purple Man ran a, ran a halfway house for mutant children as well. So, yeah, there's kind of like, oh, and, and you know, Negasonic's girlfriend, Yukio, was great. And, mm. and her and Deadpool just saying each same other's joke. names. Same joke the entire film. And like, I feel like they're even, wait, they even... Hello, Yukio. They even, Hi, Yukio. Just different styles, but the same joke. And they even kind of broke that rule of threes, yeah. where yeah. I'm pretty sure they did it more than three times. Oh, my God. So many more. funny every time. Every time. <laughs> she used her powers once. Yeah. She wrapped a chain around a, um, a juggernaut's legs, yep. electrified it, and that was it. Yeah, I didn't even know she was a mutant um, until then. She, I just oh, thought she was hanging. I assumed she was from yeah. the start, you know, just because she I was, just hanging, she was out, hanging around the hanging mansion the because mansion. it's her girlfriend, yeah. But it's like, yeah, I sort of, as, as fun of a fuck you it was with all the X Force stuff, it's like I almost would have preferred more Colossus, more Negasonic, and, and more Yukio mm. as opposed to the whole, you know. Yeah, let's get Terry. Let's get you excited that Terry Crews is in the movie and then kill him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, oh mate, I love reading those those fan reactions. Go, Terry Crews, he's perfect for this character. Oh my god, it's amazing that he is this. Ah, oh. oh, Bill Sarsgaard, the guy who plays It, who is the um the the tar spitter, oh, the yeah. toxic tar guy, whatever he was. They're like, oh, oh, after It, he's going to be in Deadpool too, and people are going to see such a different side. Oh my god, this is perfect. He's so great. Can't wait to see them. They're all dead. Stop talking about it. Stop <laughs> speculating about yeah. it. There's it's all done. there's there's four hundred think pieces like on online and on mm. YouTube and stuff like that of people dissecting and it's all pointless. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. All pointless. <laughs> now, first movie, plenty of jokes made by Deadpool at the fact that no other X Men are in his film. In this, he's like, really, with all, everything we've got, they the studio can't be kind enough and even just give us one. I'll take anything. And then the camera cuts so you can sort of see every shoulder into an open door, into an open room, and there is the X Men. From the upcoming Dark Phoenix, obviously, because they were shooting it at the same time. Yeah, uh, we young... started shooting maybe when this was finishing, whatever. But you've got all the X. You got Quicksilver in there. You've got um, I saw I saw Beast. Beast. I saw Cyclops. I didn't see uh, Sophie Turner there as Jean, but mm. she might have been there. And I don't know if I saw um, Storm, but I definitely saw I saw the wheelchair. I don't know whether that was um, James McAvoy in the chair or yeah, not, okay. but I saw it at Xavier. I saw a beast, I saw a cyclops, I saw a quicksilver, but it was so quick yeah. that, yeah, I, literally you just... You just Fun touch. Whoa! Yeah, I, know, I was like then, too busy reacting to the, the sort of reveal that I didn't yeah. take anything and then just that like, gave me in. Ooh, slide the door closed. And with that, then I start getting really geeky about it because I'm like, hang on a second, those guys are from the timeline, that's 1990, this is sort of set now and they wouldn't look like that. They look, who gives a shit? Yeah. doesn't matter. That's what this film is about. It's about taking the fun yeah, out of that. I, so, probably, I probably would have needed a change of shorts if it was any of the original. Oh my God, you imagine. It's, it's, that, it's the scene from, not obviously the scene in the storyline, but just the, the setup from the end of Days of Future Past when they fixed... Right. The past. And you had James Marsden, you had um, Famke Jensen, you had... Patrick Stewart. Uh, Patrick Stewart, all there in that room. If it was that exact yeah. same setup, even throw Wolverine I, in there. I would have lost my mind. Yeah, I yeah. would have, I would have needed a change of pants. Yeah. Uh, it, that would have... Because to me, that that's one of my favourite scenes of all time now. From yeah. The, from the X-Men movie series. So yeah, that would have been, well, been great. We can probably wrap up with how the movie wrapped up. That is one of my favourite 
like it. Mid-credits, post-credits. It's one of my favourite end-credits scenes. It's the best. I've ever seen. It's, we've had 10 years of MCU, and I mean, they obviously, they didn't start end-credits, you know, things. No, God, no. Everyone's been doing it, but that is without a doubt the best yeah. end-slash-mid-credits scene ever. Yeah. Because it just... It's perfect. Like funny that he gets it. He gets it fixed up, and you're like, oh, okay, so the little time whatever's going to happen with that. Okay, whatever. And then he goes back and saves his girlfriend, and then he goes forward in time to like save Peter and all the other people that do it. Only Peter really. He didn't give a shit about anyone else. Which yeah. I'm like, well, hang on. Then again, I start getting really sweaty about it. I'm like, hang on. Why would he save the girlfriend and then go forward in time to a timeline that probably wouldn't exist if his girlfriend hadn't have died? This all doesn't. Who gives a shit? I don't care. It's all fun. Well, no, Russell still would have probably, even if. But again, again, at the same time, he is. Like I'm worried about in story. He's also traveling to an alternate timeline made by a movie that starred his character. And they completely ruined it. So, like, that <laughs> makes so much less sense than the idea of him, like, oh, is that before or after this? That was brilliant. Old Deadpool. It actually looked, I'm like, oh, when are they going to cut to some new footage? And then Deadpool just arrives in and yeah. shoots old school Weapon X fucking Deadpool. And then even Hugh Jackman's reaction to him must have just been some spare footage they had. Because had to have been. That just, he held that gaze and was confused so very well. And I'm like, it would have been just cool to see Hugh Jackman maybe come in for a two-second little cameo or something. But then to... Well, he did it for first class. That's true, yeah. Go fuck yourself. And then he goes outside of the films, essentially, and he goes to Ryan Reynolds' house and he's reading the Green Lantern. What do you say? Welcome to the big leagues, boy. Or yeah, something. Something like that. He's got a superhero role that's going to be massive. Oh, you're going to be a superstar. Bang, straight yeah. through the head. F- yeah, you. it doesn't, the doesn't, doesn't you know, burn the burn the script. No. T- talk him out of it. Yeah. Just kills Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. So I don't know where they're going to go in um, number three. Exactly. Obviously, Cable's still around. Maybe uh, Ryan Reynolds said recently he doesn't even know if they're going to do a Deadpool 3. Or if they are, it's not going to be for a while because they might move straight on to, uh, to X-Force itself. And obviously, those yeah. seeds have been, uh, been planted. I- I'm thinking, though, now outside of the actual story, who makes this movie? Because you had Tim Miller do the first one. Depending on what you read, he and Ryan Reynolds had disagreements, creative differences, whatever. He's left the project. On comes David Leach, who is uh, part of the two-man team that directed John Wick 1. David Leach left. He did Atomic Blonde. His old partner went and did John Wick 2 by himself. Then David Leach goes from Atomic Blonde to Deadpool. And so when I heard that the guy from John Wick was going to fill the shoes for the Deadpool movie. I was actually really excited because I'm like, well, the action in that movie is great. They're old stunt coordinators yeah. and probably stuntmen as well. I'm fine with that. And John Wick had its humor too, but it was more levity rather than being straight out of humor. But I thought, that's fine. Let Ryan Reynolds just take care of himself. You know, you just need to know how to edit this and with the timing. And I think he can do that. He definitely proved that. But he's now signed on to a dozen other movies as David Leach. So I doubt that they're going to be able to get him back. And if they do, it's not going to be for years. I wonder who else comes on board to take over this franchise yeah. and, and hopefully the tone again remains the same. Do they trim back the budget and try and make it a little bit more like the first one and it's more about, I don't know. I mean, this it, it's going to kill at the box office this weekend. It's definitely yeah, going to get a number three whether or not Ryan Reynolds wants it and he does. Like He's doing so much work for these movies. It's... We're gonna we're gonna keep getting oh, them do you, <laughs> short of the Fox and Disney deal. I mean, who knows how much that's gonna screw stuff up? But <laughs> in a world where they can keep making these Deadpool movies, in a world, yeah. <laughs> do yourself a favor, check out. Uh, it's on YouTube uh, where Deadpool uh, does Stephen Colbert's monologue. Mm. 
It is hilarious. In fact, just search everything online with Deadpool. Like he, you know, did a great thing about Eurovision recently. Him, yeah. the David Beckham thing online is hilarious. The, uh, apologizing about the joke the, from the first movie. His parody of the Thanos demands your silence letter. Oh yeah, brilliant. Um, and I had to point it out to you. My favorite part of that is up in the top left hand corner where it would normally be the Fox letterhead logo. Mm. He'd had it crossed out in big red pen and just written TBC yeah. to be confirmed. <laughs> so I'm just like, that's that's brilliant. Again, if Brennan was here and sucks that he couldn't have uh, couldn't have joined us throughout the chat, he would tell you this is his number one movie of the year. And I'm not, I, I, it's nowhere near the the position where I would feel comfortable going. Wow, well, are you sure? What about this? 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 Hey, man, that's you it. said that. I can't disagree with you on that. If that's how you you know you felt about it, and especially after something like Avengers, while Ant Man for the MCU is the levity we need post Infinity War for superhero genre if you can even put Deadpool and Avengers in the same genre, this is sort of the levity you needed after that. You needed something that Avengers took itself seriously and did very, very well and had humorous moments and levity in it. This comes in and goes, oh, f*** it, we're just going to make you yeah. laugh. You're going to have a good time I, uh I read somewhere that uh, they said uh, Deadpool is the cure to superhero fatigue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? absolutely. And I'm like, yeah. That's, that's a fair analogy. Yeah, if, you, if you're all you think you're getting that, then... Uh, yeah, go chuck on Deadpool because I think it's transcended that genre. You know, I'm, I'm I'm hearing stories of other people that they don't watch superhero movies, they don't watch Marvel, they don't watch DC, they don't want none of that, but they love Deadpool. Yeah. And I don't even think they would love it because it takes the piss out of superheroes. It's just a different style of superhero movie. So uh, I hope you've enjoyed the movie and uh, hopefully uh, we didn't upset you enough with some of the things we didn't like about this movie and hopefully we didn't over-talk some of the things that you didn't like about it as well. But uh, feel free to make a comment uh, under the podcast in the comments section. Uh, hit us up on the uh, socials, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Drop us a uh, much longer line, getintogeek uh, at gmail.com. Myself, Mitch underscore Lewis, Twitter and Instagram. Come talk Deadpool with me um, on my social pages. Matty, where are you? At Hype Pitch Maddie on Instagram and Twitter. As I said as well, we have already tonight seen Solo, a Star Wars story. We'll be doing our review for that and releasing it next week around the release of the film, lest you be tempted to listen to it and ruin anything for yourself, which we're not going to spoil. We're going to do non-spoilers and full spoilers, but check back on the podcast for that. Maddie and I doing plenty of other chat around uh, Marvel gear on TV with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and The Gifted. Yeah, yeah. Ben, Terry, and I doing our uh, DC chats with uh, DC TV carrying the Arrowverse shows as well. And you can check out our podcasting channels for all of our old movie reviews, including the mammoth that was and continues to be Avengers Infinity War. We'll be back next week to talk some solo, a Star Wars story. Thanks for joining us, Maddie. We'll see you next week. Get into geek.com.